It's time for Between the Pipes with Andrew Raycroft. Hey, let's go. There's going to be a lot of traffic on the way to the game. Ah, uh, don't worry. I got Bruins plate. People get out of my way. Au revoir. Have a good game. Great plates. I want them too. Are you even old enough to drive? Presented by John Sewer and Drain Cleaning. The name to know when your drains don't flow on WEEI. 11 o'clock straight up. It is a Bruins Thursday. We are right back to the Celtics calls in 20 minutes with you. Aggression Keith here on WEEI. But joining us on the Harbor One hotline is our buddy from Nesson. And, of course, WEEI, who's all over the Bruins beat. Andrew Raycroft between the pipes with Razor. Presented by John Sewer and Drain Cleaning. The name to know when your drains don't flow. Razor, good morning. How are you? Are you, are you basking in Celtic glory right now? <laughs> Absolutely. Good morning, gang. How's everyone doing? We are great. Pretty good. Explain to me, Razor, why Nesson left Don Orsillo out of the Remy tribute. You, you <laughs> oh, are the yeah. one. You're going to get me right in the middle that. of that, huh? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Nice try. I'm at the bottom of the totem pole, and uh, that I know better. Yeah, nice try. Right. Fair enough. That's Fair enough. a. Uh, it was, it I had to talk to an inside man there. I thought maybe we'd get the scoop. I actually <laughs> thought you were going to go after him for something that he tweeted about TV shows or something like that. Oh no, he's already done yeah, that. No, yeah. I've no, I've learned my lesson. To definitely do not do that Wednesday night before I'm coming on this show. Correct. I stay away from TV shows. <laughs> That's now. right. The dorks will get you. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So uh, Bruins Blues on ESPN Plus. I know that uh, John Anderson, our producer, tried to really fill up your Twitter with uh, a lot of mentions <laughs> of people who were bitching that they couldn't find the game on ESPN Plus or Hulu or wherever in the world it was. <laughs> uh, was he successful? Were there lots of people who listened to this show complaining to you that they couldn't find the game? Well, much like the Dan Orsillo issue, uh, people know that I have no power, no influence, and absolutely no idea what's going on. So, so no, my mentions stayed quiet, fortunately despite uh, J.A. Trying to, <laughs> trying to fill my evening of, of negativity. He tried. He tried. Now, this Bruins team, six games left in the regular season. Is it really all about just getting them healthy for the first round? That's the way I see it. And, and I'd love to have more drama. We'd love to have, for, for talk radio purposes, more, more storylines. But, but that's it. And it's an important one. Uh, it's also... Yes, get them back in the lineup, but okay, they have to play a game. Can they play two nights later? Uh, how do they feel when they wake up from whatever injuries ailing them after playing an NHL hockey game that they haven't done for three weeks? Not to mention the level that picks up come playoff time. So, so as much as it, it seems a little boring, it, it's really, really important to get these guys back, get them feeling good, and not just not just getting through the lineup good, not just getting through 60 minutes good, but at a high, high level in 10 days from now. Razor, are you a believer that you carry momentum from the regular season into the postseason, or is there that stop down and then it's, okay, everybody knows to turn the page and it's a different level of engagement come playoff time? I think there's momentum sometimes with teams that are battling by one point to get into the playoffs. have been playing playoff hockey for two weeks. I don't think that's the case in the Eastern Conference this year. I don't think you could really build a lot of momentum beating Montreal, beating Buffalo in the last week of the season, carrying that into playing Carolina or Florida in the first round. I think everybody's in the same boat in the East where they know they've been in the playoffs. They're kind of building. There's a crescendo. And that first round's going to ramp up so quickly 
but but I don't think you're going to see a team in the East gain momentum here in the last week that carries into the first round. Now, I, I don't remember. I mean, it feels like you might end up with all eight of the playoff teams being over 100 points in the regular season, which I think, what, do you normally get five? Maybe you get six. But to have all eight of the playoff teams in there, is it is it that these eight teams are good or really good, or is it more that the bottom of the conference is so bad that they're able to pick up points against those teams pretty easily? I think it is a little bit. And they've talked a lot about why scoring's up in the NHL. And I think, to your point, it, the bottom eight teams in the East have been out of it for so long that their, their give-a-poop meter has been fairly low since January, February. And you've seen these blowout games of 10-2, to 9-7. to uh, it, These... The bottom teams have been bad in the East, and I think that's what's contributing just as much as anything. You know, the, the top eight teams are really good teams, but to get 100 points in the NHL, you need to have a little bit of help from the, the bottom feeders. WEI Nesson hockey analyst Andrew Raycroft here with Gresham Keefe. He's with us on the Harbor One hotline. Um, do the power play woes go beyond pasta? Like, Razor, here's the thing. Like, I, I know they're going to get players back, Okay. But to an untrained eye, what can we look for here in the final 10, 11, 12 days, two weeks, whatever it is, to see that the power play might be able to wake up a little bit other than players getting back that we know can put the puck in the net? What should I be looking for to see if the power play is going to snap out of it? Well, without David in the lineup, what you're looking for is having it very simple. Uh, no seam passes, no extra pass, no holding on to the puck on the half wall. Everything's got to go to the net. They need a lucky one to go in to, to break some momentum, to get them positive thinking again. Because right now, they're, they're slow to their reads. They're slow to allowing a play to develop. And even when they do get into the zone and set up properly, the, the other teams are so aggressive on them because they know they're struggling. So it's difficult for them to get going. So in the next couple games without David, look for them to put pucks on net, have Charlie McAvoy sending some wristers in on net and hoping for some tip shots. Now when David comes back, that's, that's the big one. And, and you're going to want to see a lot of movement with their power play, a lot of rotation around David over on that left wing. McAvoy getting down below the goal line. Marshawn getting high up along the point. Having that movement is what opens up the seams and allows David to get that one-timer, which then opens up everybody else, and that bumper play to Patrice is more open. The play down low to Taylor Hall is more open. So at this point right now, it's, it's keep it simple. When David comes back, it's opening up seams, and you really hope that this terrible streak the power play's been on gets it out of their system, and the streak goes the other way come May 1st. Now, you mentioned Charlie McAvoy in there. How close is he to being a Norris Trophy finalist in your mind? Like, is his game close enough to that, or is he or is he even there right now? I think he's there now. Now, the, the, the hold-up, the setback's been the offensive numbers because we see so many goals being scored. We see the offensive numbers, the McCars, the Yossis are putting up this season. Those guys are good enough defensively. I don't think they're as good as Charlie McAvoy or as meaningful to their teams as Charlie McAvoy's been this season. But when you're looking at a defenseman having 70 assists in the NHL, it's hard to overlook that Norris trophy for a guy like that. Uh, But I'll say since Lindholm's been here, since the second half of this season, Charlie McAvoy stepping up offensively has really impressed me. And we see it again in overtime with that wrister. 
he has that capability. So when you ask me to get into the North, I would imagine next year is the year. I think he gets more offensive product. He gets up to 15, 16, 17 goals next season. Then he's going to be considered. Right now, it's really hard at nine goals to be in the mix with a guy who's almost got 100 points as a defenseman. But if Charlie just gets a little bit closer to that, I think the respect he has around the league will go a long way for that trophy. Razor, do you worry about McAvoy's minutes at all? They've gone up significantly, or is this just, hey, you're the number one defenseman and get ready for 30 minutes a game or something close to it? Yeah, I'm excited about it, actually. Really? You know, they they can manage those here down the stretch, but we haven't seen a Bruins defenseman play 30 minutes a night in the playoffs. Even the last few years, they've kind of had the reins on Charlie. Not sure if he can. He's proven playing 26 minutes a night four times a week that he could jump to 30. With Lindholm, you know he can play 27, 28 minutes. So the Bruins haven't had two defensemen that can eat that many minutes in the playoffs the last few years. And I think it goes a long way to getting the Forberts, the Cliftons in the right positions during the game on the ice. It allows the Grizzlicks to be really offensive, take all those offensive draws, get out there in, the, in positive situations as well. So I, I'm pumped to see McAvoy and Lindholm eat 30 minutes a night. I think it's going to help them come playoff time. Is this just Swayman's team now, or does Linus have enough time, assuming he gets back, to win the job going into the playoffs? No, I think Linus definitely has an opportunity. I, you ne- usually don't see a guy lose his job over injury just over a week. Now, guys could, le- you know, if, Lin- if Allmark had been out three months, then you can lose your job. But Linus had been playing so well prior. He may have played an unbelievable period, even with being a little concussed against Ottawa. So he'll have the opportunity this week to play himself back into the mix. Still hasn't lost a few games. Still been playing really well. So if if Linus does play Saturday afternoon, as Cassidy alluded to, I think he has the opportunity to, to continue. But Swayman has done a nice job bouncing back the last two games. All right, Razor. So for those who are new to the show, the Tickle Trunk is something that Andrew Raycroft introduced us to. It, uh, we asked him at Halloween, hey, got a costume? He said, oh, I got to go to the Tickle Trunk. The Twitch chat is all a $5 shake is making predictions on Twitch, Razor, <laughs> as to who you're going to put in the Tickle Trunk. Who gets it this week? I love it. Getting traction on Twitch is all <laughs> that is very important to this Tickle Trunk. Mm-hmm. Well, listen. I mean, I, we talked about Charlie McAvoy. We've talked about, I put the power play in last week, hoping it was motivating, but it, it didn't work. Uh, Jake DeBrusque, what else can we say about the Jake DeBrusque storyline this season and <laughs> where his game is at right now? Um, um, and and it, it, yes, the goal and assist against St. Louis, a great pass in overtime. But for me, it was the game against Pittsburgh. He had no goals, no assists, but I thought he played great. It was one of those games where, a lot of times, Jake needs to score to really look great out on the I, That game against Pittsburgh, he didn't get on the score sheet, but he played a great, hard, skating game against a playoff team. Jake DeBrusque, positive tickle trunk this year, and, and now he's that top-line right winger that the Bruins have been searching for forever. You know, Keith, <laughs> I thought for a second there when Razor was doing the, what can you say about Jake DeBrusque that hasn't already been said, which is why I laughed. <laughs> no, what he was saying is, you know, sometimes when you're looking for love, it's right beneath your nose. It's just it's <laughs> That's right. right in front of your That's face. Right. <laughs> it's right Absolutely. there. Absolutely. It's right there waiting for you all along. All right, Razor, last one. Uh, best possible matchup in the first round for the Bruins are you looking at the Maple Leafs the Hurricanes the Rangers 
Those seem to be the most likely based on, unless there's a drastic change in the final week. But which one of those do you think is the most winnable? Yeah, it's Carolina hasn't played really well lately. Freddie Anderson went down with an injury this week. Um, I'm, I'm probably looking that way. I think the Rangers, their power play and their goaltending has been so far out of this world this season. Can that continue in the playoffs? I wonder about that. I think that wouldn't be a horrible matchup for the Bruins. And then the Leafs are the Leafs, right? right. The Leafs are the Leafs. Um, the concern this year with the Leafs for me is the way Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner are playing. And you look at the Bruins going seven games with that team the last few years, having home ice in game seven, winning in game seven without a Matthews, without a Marner. I'm not sure with the level those guys are playing at right now that you can keep them off the board that you, the same way you had the last few years. Matthews is a man possessed and he's playing men amongst boys. So I think right now I, I'm, I'm kind of looking to get over in that Metro division. It also eat, makes it a little easier in the second round. You're not going to have the Florida, the Tampa Bay, the Toronto in the second round either. You're going over to that Metro where it's Carolina or the Rangers probably in the second round as well. So uh, get me over there. Maybe Carolina is, is probably my best bet at this point with a wow. possibly injured goalie. Uh, did you hear Charles Barkley make the declaration in the pregame to the Celtics game last night, Razor, that Toronto is winning a series this year? And he wasn't talking about the Raptors. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, oh, and, and hey, Chuck knows. He knows his stuff. He's a big hockey guy. He knows how to lose is what he knows. <laughs> he, 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 yeah. could, he could fit into our primetime parlay Nicely. pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That is that's a nice way of. Yeah, he knows. Like, he's got, like, I'm not gonna pile on you guys. Can't just pick said, a you life. Suck. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Listen, uh, there's no reason for me to pile on you guys at this point with that. Pretty it's, soon, it's no. understood. It uh, is. How about this? By the time the end of the regular season hits, if we haven't hit one, Racer's got to put us in the tickle trunk. Yep. yep. For just sucking <laughs> the parlay is walk it and throw it in the harbor. There you go, brother. Andrew Thank you, Razor. We appreciate you. We'll catch you next week. Radio guys, have a good weekend.